Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word this day. In your name. Amen. So we begin a series today which we've entitled Called, and today's title is Called to Follow. As we go through these next few weeks, really it's a focus on our calling as disciples, followers of Jesus. Um, and I'm mainly going to be preaching from John today, but I just want to talk briefly about the reading we heard from Samuel. Because when I first looked at the series, I thought it would be great to preach on the reading from Samuel. But then the more I looked at that and contrasted it with the John reading, um, I thought actually the reading from Samuel is completely unhelpful to most of us. Why do I say that? Well, let's take a quick look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. Beautiful story, beautiful reading, um, but this is why I think it's unhelpful. Follow me. There is Samuel. Uh, he's in the temple, um, and uh, he's with Eli. Eli can't see very much, um, so uh, it's quite dark. Uh, Samuel is asleep, and he hears a voice, um, and um, he says, here I am. That's in verse 4. He runs to Eli. Here I am, you called me. No, I didn't, said Eli. Uh, in more you know, formal words than that. But he said, no, it wasn't me. Um, and so off he goes. The Lord, it says, called Samuel again, verse 6. Samuel gets up, runs to Eli. Here I am, you called me. Eli says, no, it wasn't me. Go back and lie down. Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so a third time, verse 8, the Lord calls Samuel again. Samuel gets up, runs to Eli. Here I am, you called me. Samuel still hasn't worked out that it's the Lord, it's God who's speaking. So Eli, at the second half of verse 8, realizes that it is obviously God speaking and says to Samuel, go and lie down. And then he does something interesting. He gives uh, what one commentator called a liturgical response. He gives some words that Samuel can use in the event that it is God that's calling and that God calls once again. He says, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel goes, lies down, the Lord calls, and Samuel responds, Speak, for your servant is listening. What's interesting there, um, aside from the aspect of calling, um, is that, that Samuel, it's implied he wouldn't know what to say. He'd be tongue-tied. What would I say if the Lord was speaking to me? And so Eli, kind of recognizing that and being one, one step ahead, says, okay, if he says something to you, here's how you can respond. I imagine it's a bit like if any of us were going to go and meet um, the queen. Uh, and we would be told in advance, here's how you address uh, her majesty. Um, and so Samuel hears from God and he responds to God calling him in the night. Why do I say that is not very helpful to us? Well, the reason I say it is because I don't know of anybody who has had um, God speak to them and call them in that kind of way. As we become Christians and as we follow Jesus, there are all sorts of ways that God speaks to us, but it is not normally a direct voice from heaven. 
And so lovely as it would be to spend 15 minutes uh, exploring uh, that passage from Samuel, um, the reason I'm going to focus the majority of what I'm saying today in John's Gospel is because I think it's more straightforward and helpful to us. So we look with me at John 1 and verse 43. The next day, Jesus decides to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he says, follow me. That simple. Jesus is out there, and he's on the hunt for some disciples, some followers. He wants to take some people with him. Um, it's said in leadership um, the real leader is the second person, not the first. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, you need to have the first follower. So it's important for Philip to come. And as he comes, um, he goes and finds Nathaniel, and he goes off and tries to bring him along too. So here you see uh, Jesus calling somebody, they respond, and the first thing they do is go find someone else. And then we have uh, the movement taking, um, taking ground and taking off, as it were. So Philip, we don't have too much about him there other than um, Jesus finds him and says, follow me, and Philip does. Philip finds Nathanael and says, we found the one that was talked about in the law and the prophets, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael retorts, can anything good come from Nazareth? And then Philip says these important words, come and see. Come and see. So we get Jesus saying, follow me. And then we get Philip saying, come and see. We're called as Christians to be disciples of Jesus, who firstly follow, who secondly find others and say, come and see. So many times in my life as a Christian and my life as a minister in the church, have I had somebody say to me, don't try and convert me. Um, I can't see you with your hands up, but just put your hand up where you are now if someone's ever said that to you when they found out you're a Christian or that you go to church, or that you, you, you've vaguely been near a church, you've driven past the church parking lot once and, and looked and prayed, and they find that out, and they say, oh, don't try and convert me. Has that happened? Happened to me many times. I can see a few nods from our tech team at the back. Um, it, it's one of the things people say. There's a fear sometimes people have when they discover that we're people of faith that, uh, that we might try and convert them. And I always joke with my dry, probably not very funny humor, you know, I'm not in the business of doing conversions. I'm in the business of helping people meet with Jesus. Jesus is the one that does the converting. And that's what we see here from Philip. He's not converting Nathaniel to become a disciple of Jesus. All he does is says, come and see. Come and see, said Philip. Jesus says, follow me. Philip, as one of the first disciples, goes out and says to his friend, I presume, come and see. Come and see. Decide for yourself, in other words. So verse 47, Jesus sees Nathanael approaching, and he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. What does this tell us? Jesus saw Nathanael 
before he came there. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? It's always weird, isn't it, when somebody knows something about you uh, before they've met you in person. I remember on more than one occasion here at St. George's when church was in person, but we had a lot of videos online that people would come in and, and I would introduce them, myself to them uh, as the first time I'd seen them in the church. I'd say, hello, I'm David, I'm the rector. And they say, I know, I've seen your videos. And, and I, I imagine uh, if, if that was me, how much more would it feel for, um, for Nathaniel in this culture as Jesus comes to him and says, something about him. Not just about him, he says, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. An Israelite, he knows where he's from, in whom there's no deceit, he knows something of his character. You know, it's easy to work out that this person loves tea or coffee or matcha green chai lattes, because you could overhear that in a Starbucks or something. But to be able to say, I know where you're from, um, and I know your character, wow. Jesus sees him. He sees him. So he answers, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Before we've been called to follow Jesus, he's seen us. He's seen us. He knows us. So as we are called, we're called to follow with Jesus knowing all our good things and all our bad things knowing all the reasons why we should be a disciple and would be a great disciple, and all the reasons why we shouldn't. Sometimes we can have a fear, I think, uh, of, of coming near to Jesus, uh, that he will see us as we truly are. The reality is he saw us how we were before he called us, and yet, because it's the character of Jesus, it's the nature of God, he steps forward and calls us. He invites us to follow in the same way he invited Nathaniel, not because we're perfect or because we're the ideal disciple or the ideal follower. He invites us because he knows what we can be. He sees our potential. The disciples weren't called because of their ability. They weren't called because of their experience or their age. We, um, in the church, when someone who's under about the age of 30 does something, we think it's wonderful a young person's involved in the church. In the Bible, all of them were young people by those definitions. The disciples were probably um, a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old men. For Jesus calling disciples, it's not about the badges you have, the education you have, the experience you have. It's about the potential you have. And all of us have potential. Huge potential. God-given potential. So we're called to follow in order that we might become the people that God has created us to be. So there's Jesus saying to Nathaniel, I saw you while you were under the fig tree. Before you were called, I saw you were there. I knew you. I had you marked out, in other words. Nathaniel declares, verse 49, Rabbi, 
you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under that fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And he goes on to promise you'll, uh, you'll see, you get the, I should just go back a second. He then added, very truly I tell you. And when you get the very truly in King James, it would probably be verily, verily I say unto thee. Uh, very truly, it means like it's, it's, a, it's a double emphasis on the word true. Um, so it translates it here in the NIV for us very truly because if it said truly, truly, um, it gets a bit of a mouthful. Very truly, really truly, this is so true, Jesus is saying, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So we are called to follow. It's other Christians who are the ones who are to go out and say, come and see. And then we have this assurance from Jesus of, of what we can see. And we get a picture of truth, a picture of the truth of heaven. You will see greater things than that. For all of us, we're, we're promised this picture of seeing heaven, and not just of seeing heaven as we find out later in John's gospel and we'll get to uh, in a few weeks' time uh, as we get nearer to Easter, but we're reminded that we don't just get to see heaven, uh, we get to look forward to one day being there. And so in the meantime, we are called to follow, and we're called to go bring others to follow as well. Why? Because when uh, we experience something ourselves and we're excited about it, the natural thing for us to do is to share it with others. We live in a world right now that needs hope. We're promised hope in terms of a vaccine, and then the next thing we discover that vaccine production has been cut, and it will take longer to get to us. those kinds of earthly and worldly hopes will come and go. No doubt production will ramp up again and we'll all feel more hopeful when uh, deliveries of vaccines start coming on airplanes. But the true hope we look forward to is the hope that is pictured here in uh, John uh, chapter 1, verse 50 and 51. It's that hope of heaven. We look forward to the day when there will be no more mourning or crying or weeping, when every tear will be wiped from our eye. We look forward to heaven one day. And that is the unique thing. Sometimes people ask, you know, what's the difference between the Christian faith and other faiths? Aren't they all the same? Jesus talks about heaven. He talks about eternal life with God. This is the only place you find it. The only place you get it is in the Christian gospel, is in Jesus Eternal life with God begins by choosing to follow Jesus now. And some people will say, well, if, if we're promised eternal life and if one day you know, we can all go to heaven, then you know, I'll wait till I'm a, I get to a point when I, I need to start following Jesus later. The problem is with that logic is we miss out on knowing Jesus now. Jesus sees us whether we're under a fig tree or sitting in our front room on the settee. 
Jesus sees us, whether we're in our yard clearing up leaves, whether at work or driving our car. He sees us just like he saw Nathaniel. He sees us, he knows us, he loves us, and he wants to be in a relationship with us. And so this word calling is there. He calls us to follow him as disciples. You know, and sometimes we can think, well, I'm a Christian, I was baptized, um, or I've been going to church for a long time, or, or these kinds of things. Um, I don't need to hear this again. The Archbishop of York, uh, Stephen Cottrell, um, I heard him speak once, and he said, I realized I need to be re-evangelized about once every three months. We need to be reminded of that call on us to follow Jesus. You know, and one of the best ways to be reminded of that call is to respond to it by doing what Philip did. Jesus says, follow me. We say, okay. And the next step is we go out and say to someone else, come and see. So I encourage you today, um, if you're new to faith watching this, I encourage you to reach out to someone you know who is a Christian, and, and that might be me. If, if, you're, if you don't know anyone from St. George's or any other Christians, then, then send me a message through the church website um, and, and reach out. And if you've been hearing this and think, well, I've heard this once every three years for you know, the last 80 years of my life, um, what is it that you can see afresh in this today? Who is it that you can go to, like Philip, with those fresh eyes and say, come and see. You know, we found the Messiah, we found Jesus, and I'd love for you to know him too. I'd love for you to know him too right now because COVID-19 is taking away our hope. And Jesus is hope for the world. Jesus is hope for you. I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to finish with a prayer. Lord, we thank you for um, these readings. We thank you for Samuel and Samuel hearing your voice and for that unique and rare and special way. And we thank you for the people who have had and do have and will have those kinds of experiences where you speak directly to them in an audible way. And in giving you thanks for that, we also give you thanks for Jesus who came to earth and lived a human life with all its highs and lows, who walked about among people like us, who said to Philip, follow me. So that Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. So that Nathaniel came to see. And so that you, Lord Jesus, could reveal to him a picture of heaven, of a hope that we all have for eternal life with God, our Heavenly Father, forever. So help us to follow you and to go say to others, come and see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.